0: Good morning to you wherever you are in the world. I'm Johnny Emerson. I'm joined this morning by Bruce Adams. Good morning, Bruce. How are you this morning? Good morning. Uh, yeah, I'm well,
1: uh, as well as
0: could be expecting yourself. You amped up for this afternoon?
1: I mean, as much as I'm going to be honest, that paper was a difficult read. And mm-hmm. the other papers that I read that were associated to that were difficult reads. They are so boring and so arrogant, but... Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to talking about it nonetheless. You know,
0: I'm concerned. Yeah, I am too. I'm concerned that we're not going to get it all done. That, that's my concern.
1: You know, these, these papers are longer than the Green New Deal and the Green New Deal, well, sort of. Um, the Green New Deal, wouldn't the Green New Deal like 40 pages? No, 17. Oh, 17. That's right. So it took us, what, two episodes to get through that one?
0: I think so. This That's why I'm is, kind of um, thinking that yeah, this this has 17 points, yeah. but
1: there's more than 17 pages, clearly. Yeah. So, well, yeah, there's 17 17 main points, but each point has like subpoints and yeah, right. so uh, right. I'm I'm sure we can we can drag on about that one uh, yeah. pretty well. Well,
0: oh well. We'll we'll try, but if not, we'll probably have to do it in two or three parts, but um yeah, ho- hopefully we'll we'll see what we can do. But anyway, yes, this afternoon, agenda 2030. Hopefully, all of it. If not, then it'll be part one. But hopefully we'll see. Uh, but yes, check us out later on this afternoon for sure. And I'll remind you again at the end. Let's start with let's start with New York City, New York City. They're saying that New York, this might be breaking news or something, but they're saying that New York City is in the process of being abandoned. Did, did you know that? Did you know there's something going on in New York City? Like all the people are leaving. Did, did you notice that? I mean, the, the we, we've heard kind of rumblings about that. Yeah, but uh, could be the fact that, you know, they have almost 20,000 apartments up there that are now vacant and 30 to 50% of the businesses yeah. are now boarded up and not
1: coming back you know it couldn't, couldn't be any of that well and surely it doesn't have anything to do with their their wonderful governor and mayor they have there i mean surely it has nothing to do with that either
0: yeah of course not of course not now see here here it says that now this is a this is a fantastic article the way that it starts out it says new york city is a success story in beating back covid-19 that's how it starts it starts with that. New York City's mm-hmm. a success story about beating back COVID-19, but many of its wealthiest and most successful residents have fled, some of them to never return. Gee, I wonder why. I wonder why. Um, it says that so many people are fleeing the city permanently that overworked moving companies are actually turning people away. That's how bad it is. And you know something? The media is not talking about any of this. They haven't talked about any of this. You would have thought that by now they would have said something, but they haven't. They haven't. It's it's,
1: it's truly shocking. It's truly shocking. <laughs> it really is especially because most of the media is in New York so i mean that's like that's like their 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 home city uh, so why they're not talking about it more is uh, maybe it's cuz they're all at home maybe it's because they're not in the office they don't see it it could be
0: i don't know they're saying that uh, early in the pandemic people were trying to escape covid-19 more recently reasons include permanent work from anywhere arrangements the prospect for safer in-person schools outside the city. And this one here, this one really caught me off guard. The fear of looting and gun violence. What? Imagine the fear of in New York. That's yeah. Crazy. The fear of looting and gun violence in New York, of all places. It's unbelievable. Now, now, see, New York has a total gun ban, so they couldn't have a gun problem up there. It's not possible.
1: Yeah, it's not possible. No, no. Yeah. That, that's why I was so surprised. Like, it's illegal to loot and to uh, right, You know, right. have guns and everything. So, well, right. Uh, it's it's really surprising that they're they're concerned about that. Couldn't believe uh, it when I read it. Couldn't believe it when I read it.
0: Uh, they say that there are more than 13,000 empty apartments in Manhattan. I bet that number is closer to 20, as I said. Uh, the landlords are offering unheard of discounts. Of course they are. They're trying to get tenants in. You know, the, the landlords have to make money, too. I get it. So, uh, yes. OK, so the MTA, the Metropolitan Transit Authority, they're saying it's destitute. All right. The ridership is in a tailspin to fight the fact that subway cars are unnaturally gleaming. Yeah. So maybe they need to get Governor Cuomo down there to clean some up. <laughs> Just saying. Right. Uh, it's, uh-huh. That's what it was. Yeah. Uh, in an echo of the 1970s, homeless and violent crime and urban blight are on the rise. Gee, I wonder why. I wonder why. Tennis are evacuating and tourists are staying away. Why would you go to New York if you're a tourist? Why? You have to go through a 14-day quarantine. That's not going to happen, right? If you're a tourist, that's not going to happen. Well, you want to go up to New York? I know people that used to go to New York for two, three days, just as a tourist. They would go up, they would see the sights and all that stuff, and then they would come back. And it it was literally like a two to three day trip. That was it. And like, you you can't do that anymore. You can't do that anymore because of these nonsense policies. You can't do it. So you have to go through a 14-day quarantine. And if you break that quarantine, you're going to be fined $10,000, $10,000. On top of that, you got to go through uh, East German-style checkpoints when you go into key entry
1: points in the city. Who wants to go there? Who wants to go there? Why would you do that? Yeah. And you have to sign paperwork when you go through the checkpoint. And if you don't, you refuse to sign it. It's a $2,000 fee right then and there. Right. So. Right. Uh, I, okay. So me personally, I might have gone to New York. You know, maybe for a couple days or something, just to experience the city, see what it's like. Sure. sure. Uh, before tourist, all this nonsense I've, happened.
0: Exactly. As, as a tourist, I've always said that to people. Yeah, if you're a tourist, fine. Yeah, go.
1: But to live and work there, even pre pre-pandemic no what but since all this has come out now with uh covid the riots the stances of uh, the politicians and and whatnot there uh yeah i'm not i'm not visiting anytime soon um i possibly may never visit there um uh, honestly
0: broadway's also shut down so they're not i doubt very seriously broadway will ever reopen i'm just throwing that out there well, continue office- on the
1: marxist road yeah. If we continue yeah. on the mark, you know, continue into Marxism. That's one of the things they do is get rid of culture.
0: Right. That's true. So. That's true. Uh tourists and office workers are gone. Uh, the tack rooms. Oh, my God. They closed the tack room. Balkan Bakery in Hudson Yards is now gone. Um, so, yeah, apparently there is a uh, there's an ongoing fight here. So now it's now it's basically it's a it's a standoff. So you've got de Blasio and the city unions are now arguing over New York's massive municipal budget deficit. And this is this is obviously this is probably going to lead to the layoffs of around what they say, somewhere in between 20 to 25,000, something like that, of city employees. Yeah. If you don't have yeah. the city functioning like the, the the mayor's sitting there scratching his head trying to figure out what to do. You you I can't say what I really want to say. That's that's the problem with some of these podcasts mm-hmm. Sometimes is I can't say what I really want to say. You moron. Mm-hmm. You're scratching your head about what to do. Open the city. You fool. Open the damn city and that, uh, that sidekick of yours up there in the house. Open the state, idiots. Absolute idiots. de Blasio appealed to Albany and Washington for relief, but uh, so far he's not getting any responses. You shouldn't get any responses. Open the city. Fix the problem. Fix the problem. Open the city. Make it attractive for business to come back, you idiot. That will solve that problem. But you know what? Even if you were to open the city right now and you were to take all the regulations off and you say, you know what, we're not going to pay any attention to this nonsense anymore, then guess what? That's going to make people like them irrelevant. They'll be placed out of a job. But, but it could have the opposite effect, right? Could have the opposite effect. It could be that he would gain popularity as opposed to being booed off of a stage, which is what he's in the process of being, you know, now. So,
1: anyway, um, maybe. Maybe. If if he if he were to make those changes and say, look, we tried doing the heavy hand of the government, it didn't work. We've learned our lesson. We're gonna change this and shows real evidence of change, you know, maybe. The the problem is is every time a government gets in this situation, what do they do? They buckle down, they push harder, they don't yeah, they don't cut spending, they don't cut any of these things, they they go in at full bore, they they double down. So no, I, I I, I would be out personally. And, and if I were if I were there, the money be damned. I'm sure it's nice and everything, but I'm going somewhere else. So it's actually here. here's the problem now is
0: now you're looking at a possible uh, sanitation problem. And by that, I mean the cities are emptying out and you have a billion dollars worth of cuts coming to uh, the labor costs. So uh, that's at least that's what um, de Blasio is proposing. He says you need to cut a billion dollars in labor costs. OK, so and that that does not include the NYPD, which he's also cutting a billion from. Here's the issue. Trash is starting to pile up in the city parks and the city's EMS union chief says that people will die if first responders are cut, which, OK, yeah, that's a fair argument to make. And on top of that, the New York City school teachers have threatened to do a uh, a sick out. Is that what they're calling it now? Like the walkout thing? Yeah, yeah. They're doing a sick out to protest de Blasio's plans to reopen schools on September 10th, which I don't see why they would protest him. So it's like they're all on the same page, right? Isn't that how that works? Well,
1: sort of uh, they're using the the unions to try to get um, but it's 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 a union nonsense now they're they're trying to exploit extort more money out of uh, the taxpayer Um, Well, I mean, specifically the government, but it's going to be end up being out of the taxpayer's pocket to to get more control benefits, whatever. One of the big issues
0: now is where do you go forward from here? Because with the policies that are currently in place, how do you reopen the city or do you? Because one of the issues we were hearing about, I think, Bruce, you and I heard the same thing when it came to I think we read the same op ed piece. And one of the problems is you have the offices that are there. And the offices are open. But the problem is, is they're 90 percent vacant because they don't need like the companies in the era of telecommuting
1: now. You don't need employees there any longer. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's exactly it. We've uh, they're actually showing that uh, productivity is up uh, by having people work at home or, or from home. So why would you have them go into these expensive office buildings? when you can work at home and get the same profits if not more for less. So, I mean, at least in a business sense that that totally is totally warranted to mm-hmm. to just cut the offices. You you don't need a big office space. Maybe maybe you know come in once a week or something or once a month and have a meeting, team meeting, and uh, you know go over the direction of, of projects or you know um, idea building, whatever whatever they call the different meetings and whatnot. Um, now the, the whole snowflakey stuff. Uh, you know you could do those meetings every once in a while, but more or less you can telecommute. You can we have a number of uh, various chat systems now nowadays different apps we can use for communication. Uh, the company can decide on one of them. You can have text chat. You can share documents there. You can share share video calls. You can have chat rooms. I mean, it, it's it's all, you can do everything that you could do in an office building now online, essentially. So it, it's it's really, honestly, I don't, I don't see why uh, why companies don't go down that road more.
0: And to be honest with you, I think they will over time as this continues yeah. to move on. And as we continue to get faster and faster internet, I mean, that's what it's going to turn into. I mean, what can you not do from your Essentially, your smartphone now. What can you not do? That's the computing power of an entire skyscraper 50 years ago in your pocket.
1: (laughs) You know, I I heard this statistic a while back and uh, it's been a few years ago, but our smartphones now have more computational power than we had when we sent people to space you know the the big mass of computers that they had there yeah mm-hmm. our, our, our a single smartphone has more computational power than any of their systems all of them put together that that's that's crazy to think about it i is. mean in comparison it's like it's like comparing your smartphone to a calculator i mean that that's the level of uh difference we're talking here yeah so exactly as you're saying you you don't even need like uh to do these um telecommute uh stuff you you don't need an advanced like really high end computer or anything you know your your typical Uh, laptop or something, you know, like a cheapy laptop is adequate to do it. If you can do your work on the, on the system, you can use the chat systems and, you know, bring up the smartphones. Technically you can use smartphones for a lot of it too. So. Indeed.
0: All right. Uh, what
1: do you have this morning? Got something on California? Yeah. Um, California, uh, have we mentioned it, man? I'm 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 losing track of the co- the things we talk about. We go through so many different documents and whatnot. But mm-hmm. California is having really bad fires there. Um, I mean, there the the last number I had seen, which was a few days ago, I think we were at like 700,000 acres or something in in those lines that were burned. Yeah, now it's uh it's it's over a million now acres have been burned. And, uh, it's just from, you know, from the, the weather it is, uh, dry, the winds, everything that's spreading quicker. And the thing is, is I, I, seen a chart of where all the fires are. I, I thought, you know, it was, it was this, uh, string of fires were more kind of in the, in the North, uh, Western area, kind of Northern part of California. Yeah. No, this is over the entire state. They have like 20 different fires going right now or something on those lines uh, across the state. North to south. I mean, it's got fires everywhere, and there's been thousands of people that have been evacuated. Approximately fourteen thousand, roughly, firefighters are are out there, uh, along with uh, aircraft from ten states, along with National Guard and U.S. military, all out there helping fight these blazes. Pretty big deal. Uh, so far, it's killed five people. They've lost seven hundred homes, and other structures have been forced or uh, excuse me, 700 homes and other structures, along with tens of thousands of homes uh, being evacuated. So uh, it's a it's a pretty big deal. You know, it's uh, it it looks like it's pretty bad.
0: You know, I'm starting to wonder if there's going to be anything of California left because all we hear is about wildfires. It seems like like last year, there were so many. Actually, it wasn't even last year. It was earlier this year, wasn't it?
1: I think, well, earlier this year, it may have been earlier so like this a lot year, of northern,
0: we... Northern California, and the last year, I know last year, yeah. Northern California last burned out, like sure. all those, yeah. yeah, everything in Northern California burned out, it was like, all that stuff happened up yeah. there,
1: and, and you can and name... Um, like the fires in Australia, early this year. The fires in
0: Australia, yeah. yeah, and you can blame <laughs> that on a number of things, I don't know about the Aussies, but at least in California, you can blame that on a number of things, they don't cut the underbrush, hello? Yeah. They, they don't do any of that yeah. because you might move a leaf that's a habitat for a beetle or something.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in this case, they were saying a lot of these fires were started by uh, dry lightning. So whether it's heat lightning or what have you, yeah, they're, they're, that's what they're saying. So they're, they're actually saying it's not arson or anything uh, for the majority of these Uh, Some of them, I think, are still accident or arson. With the BLM protests and Antifa and whatnot, it wouldn't surprise me if one of them started uh, a big fire. But nonetheless, I I feel for for California going through this, you know, I hate that it's... You know, a tough time, tough situation, and then on top of that, we we heard recently the scientists were saying um, they're they're having uh, uh, kind of um, the the preamble to uh, a major earthquake. They're, they're saying California's due for a major earthquake, and they've had um, little little telltale signs that an earthquake is brewing and could happen within the next like six months to a year.
0: Is that? saying that possibly California is going to slide off into the ocean. Is that is that kind of what that's alluding to?
1: I mean, it it would put out the fires,
0: right? (laughs) It would put out the fires. Yes, it would put out the fires. And I think it would also put out the fire of the rest of the country, largely. Right. Because, I mean, well, I mean, it would
1: it would stop the systemic racism we have there in California. It It would stop that. It certainly would. The homelessness problem, it would stop that. It would. It would. Well, it's. I mean, I'm not saying that I would
0: want everybody to, you know, go out and you know, fall into the ocean. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, can we kind of like break it off and then let it float, you know, slowly out to sea
1: like that? That's kind of what I was alluding to was was that. Oh, see, I, I was just thinking of it like them falling, like detaching from the U.S. And it, it, like all those problems are solved because they're no longer part of the U.S. Right. It, it's just. Well, they kind of want that of anyway. Floating.
0: They, they kind of want that. that well, not true. You know, I can't say that, though. That's see, that's the bad. That's the bad part about it is California is so big and you've got so many. Uh, Different groups of people out there. You've got people like that clip we played the other day, the guy that got upset. That was Northern California. Right. Yeah. So you have you have good people out there that are stuck in pockets of conservatism. But the problem is, Mm -hmm. is that one party runs the state. The people that are of the conservative mindset, they have no voice. They have no one to speak for them. And that's the tragedy about it is is that they have a stranglehold on power out there. And it's it's really a sad thing. It's like New York. You go you go to upstate New York, right? When you go up there, that's really conservative minded people up there. But you get down in the city, down around New York City. See, people think of New York. They think of New York City. They don't think of any anything else. Same thing with California. People think of like Los Angeles and San Francisco, they don't think of anything else. So it, it doesn't revolve around these densely populated areas. The people that live in those areas, though they are decent people personally, when it comes to politics, they have no connection to reality mostly. So you can't base the policy of what they do in those states on how the entire state feels. And it's it's really a shame because I know people that live in upstate New York. I know people that live in California, not necessarily up, you know, northern California, but pockets of conservatism outside of the cities largely in California, and they don't have any representation. No, no one can speak for them. And it's, it's just, it's really sad because the states go to hell because you have the one party rule. And I I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I just, I wish there was another way to, to break through that, um, that, I guess that uh, that grip on power. I mean, I understand we have 100 senators and the point of having 100 senators so we could have one from each representative party. So you, you have representation uh, and it, clearly we don't have that. Let's jump over to. Uh, all right. So look, look, this has come out this morning. Trump says that he could decouple the economy, the U.S. economy from China. Do you think that's a good thing? So now I have I have he didn't say this is permanent. He didn't say this is actually going to happen. He said it's a
1: possibility. So basically, OK, OK, I, I I, think I might see what he's doing here. When, Whenever Trump floats the the idea or possibility of something happening, it's one of two things. Either it's a. Um, bargaining tactic it's kind of like strong arming them into to you know coming to a a treaty or a deal or what what have you you know the art of the deal if you will the other one is it could be just a a, a populist testing the water see what the the american people feel like see what uh you know just see see if there can trigger any talks or any any discussions could also be trying to shift the media's narrative you, you know he, he does Fantastic work with that on, on Twitter. He just tweets something and then for the next, you know, 48 hours, the media is having a conniption fit about whatever he, he tweeted. And it, it, it that is just hilarious. But realistically, though, if we were to do that, I, I, I think that would be very bad uh, just because China does have so much of our debt. Uh, they would just be like, all right, well, we're going to dump the dollar. And that would pretty much trigger some economic turmoil around the world. Um, that would be uh, you, you want that? You want that other disaster to happen for the for, for the world to to go under a single world government? You know, and and social credit scoring, and you know all that kind. Of, yeah, that would that could be an easy scenario, right there. Not that's possible. Trump's intention, but right, uh, you know,
0: that's possible. But my concern is, I think we we're kind of along the same lines here. My, my concern is a wider conflict could break out because yeah historically, when you start decoupling economies and things like that, which look, let's be fair. We never should have gotten to the point where the U.S. is integrated with China like that at all. Okay, let's just start there. Us getting to this point never should have happened. Right. I'll just put it that way. Never should have happened. Agreed. Yeah. But the fact is, is that we're here now. So you can't just as much as I want to say, yes, go in and shut it off. That's what I should say. However, it's going to take more than just the U.S. doing this. If you're going to actually do this and you're going to do this successfully, then you need to get other Western nations on board with it. And by that, I mean you need to isolate China. If you're going to do this from a geopolitical standpoint, maybe I'm wrong here because I'm not an expert in any of these fields. I'm just looking at it from research that I've, I've done. If you're going to do this, then you need to get countries on board with yours, right? Which the U.S. still has some clout left, so you might as well use it in a time like this because this is the war of the future it's economics so you get other nations on board with you to all stop doing business with china we shouldn't be doing business with any authoritarian regimes at all period this is yeah. this is the equivalent this is the equivalent of the united states under fdr continuing economic relations with nazi germany that's the equivalent of this yeah if this would be yeah. going on in 1935 and 19 uh, you know 1935 1936 1937 the american people wouldn't have accepted that they wouldn't have accepted that this is just brought up to the new age you have all of these uh, countries that need to get on board with this and largely largely you have a lot of the eu countries that are compromised by the eu uh, you know the organization in and of itself and the eu of course i mean they're mentioned in what we're going to be talking about later on today uh, they're tied up in 2030 with the un So they're not going to put their necks out right now. Uh, So it it remains to be seen. But more than that, everything with COVID, that's taken the focus off of Brexit and the secession movement across Europe. So countries are not uh, are not focused on that anymore. If you had 27 different countries breaking off, dissolving the European Union, which is what should happen, by the way, if that were to happen, then each country could bring a bargaining chip to the table. So, uh, I mean, that would, that would mix it up a little more. But if you were to do that, then everything that we would talk about later on today would become completely
1: irrelevant, which all the more better, right? <laughs> just, just throwing that out there. Right. Well, it, the, the other thing you would have to think about as well is China is a big manufacturer of a lot of things around the world, right? Um, they are, yeah. uh, So if you, if you cut ties with them, decouple, well, you, you're going to have to have something to replace that. So you're going to have to have Correct. either another developing world or a country, excuse me, another developing country, pull up the slack for manufacturing or bring it home. And, you know, I honestly, I manufacturing, if, if we brought manufacturing back to the US, if we brought it all back and and just started doing it in-house, the problem is the prices for your products would skyrocket. That That is the entire reason that manufacturing is in other countries is because it's so cheap. Developing worlds, they're, economies, they're basically the cost of living in those in those places are far cheaper than it is here. And, uh, you know, it, it's been a benefit to those countries in a sense because it, it's pulled them up out of their poverty. I mean, look at China, right? They used to be fairly impoverished. And now look at them. They, they, they actually have some wealth about them uh, as far as the populace is concerned. It's because we one exported of the ways all of our jobs. You, we exported exactly. everything to them. Right. But the thing is, is the US is at a point now to where manufacturing jobs aren't good enough in the sense of it's not enough. You don't make enough typically in those. And if you were to make enough money to uh, make a living or, you know, get ahead in life, your products, the things that are manufactured are going to be far more expensive. That nice television that you bought for 150 bucks, yeah, it's not going to be 150 bucks. It'd still be in the thousand dollar range. Just because overhead would be so expensive and so many regulations here in the U.S. Uh, for you know, Obamacare, for example, that's really hurting small businesses or businesses in general. You have other taxes and regulations and all kinds of things that get in the way of manufacturing things cheaper, not diminishing quality, but just getting the red tape out of the way.
0: Hence why I said this would cause a larger conflict. And on top of that, as you said, bring the manufacturing jobs home. Okay, fine. Which I've made this argument before. Trump's talking about making America great again. Okay, I can get on board with that. But you can build factories from New York to Los Angeles end to end all the way across the country but if you don't have any raw materials going into those factories to make a viable product there's no point to them china has a 97 percent monopoly on rare earth minerals around the world we have to deal with that we've got to deal with that so anyway all right uh we are we're gonna have to go we're out of time this morning so um unfortunately which these mornings just fly by so, <laughs> fly by. yeah, I will see you later on this afternoon, Bruce. Uh, and be sure to catch us later on this afternoon for the start of Agenda 2030. You don't want to miss this one. I'm hoping we can get through it, but I, I really don't think we're going to be able to. But anyway, be sure to check us out later on this afternoon. So, thank you for sitting down this morning, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners for always stopping some more. Well, not today. Check us out later on this afternoon. And I hope everyone has a great morning.